When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs, Jamie Brand, Lee McQueen and Ed Richards. Lovely to see you all. Lovely to see Lee, who I must say has got a wonderful colour. I'm very jealous. Charlie, Forget how are you? Yes, baby, we are back <laughs> and we are energised. We are full of it this week and I'm telling you now, what a celebration. So, but get the open bus, uh, open top bus going. We've got a 2-2 at the Etihad. 2-2 at the Etihad. Well, we're going to be talking all about it and Lee's colour because it is fantastic. Of course, we have to talk about the Man City game. We're going to be covering all that. We're going to be looking at the game on the weekend to Newcastle, but we do have to start, of course, with the City game. 2-2 at the had. Let's talk about that then because if we're looking at that game, some will say Spurs didn't play well. Some will say mm. they didn't deserve a point. Well, I would say Maybe that's true, but it doesn't matter because they did get a point. They've come back down to London with that point. There won't be many teams who will go to Man City at the Etihad this season after just thrashing West Ham 5-0 and come away with a point. Yes, we are going to look at the stats, and the stats are very heavy in Man City's favour, but stats, as we know, don't always tell the whole picture. Jamie, I'll start with you. What did you make Mm. of the game firstly? Well, I thought, I thought firstly, I think that Man City were absolutely outstanding, um, aside from you know their conversion rate. Um, so to get a point against a, a City side that played that well was just magnificent. And I think, um, look, we, we went there and we grinded out a result. And sometimes I think a lot of people say um, good teams, you know, they, they grind out results even when they're not playing well. And I don't think Spurs played particularly well. And to go to the Etihad and grind out the result was uh, was massive for Spurs. So I was really pleased with the point. And I think also to go behind twice, you know, even once, I think most teams, when they go to the Etihad, they'll get overwhelmed by, go, by going behind. Um, and we did it twice. We came back twice. So I think we were definitely worthy of the point. Well, it's a very honest assessment there, Jamie. You did say we didn't play that well. You know, we're no. not in top gear. City played fantastic. You're going to mm. hold your hands up to that. But how... 
heartwarming is it to you that Spurs can play against a side that are fantastic? Spurs mm. maybe not at the races just yet in the Premier League as a whole, and they're still coming away with a point because really we want we want to play well, we want the performances to be well, but it is points that matter, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we're trying to gauge at the moment whereabouts, you know, what are our ambitions this season. So so to go to the Etihad and, and to match a City side like that, I think it shows that, you know, we're definitely capable of, of at least trying to push them this season. And yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how we get on. Lee, what did you make of the game then? 2-2. Two, two. I'm yeah. loving it. I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. Like, honestly, do you know I should why? come to you last. <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm loving it, Charlie, as well. Because, because of all the things, I completely agree with Jamie. Look, the reality of the situation is Tottenham Hotspur under Potocino over the last five seasons played 50 games away. 50 games That's away. incredible. Two the top other uh, top six teams or the other top five teams, okay? And in all of that time, in all of that time, 50 away games against the other top five, how many do you think we've won? Three. Three. Yeah. Three times, Ed. Spot oh, on, mate. Three yeah. times we've won. So the point being is that actually getting a point away yeah. at the Etihad Stadium is a decent result. And yeah, yeah, okay, sometimes we might have been, no disrespect, because of the trouble they're going through, we might have looked a bit like Bolton or playing 10 men behind the ball or whatever, and Kane probably got a, a three or a four in terms of his performance mm. on, on the day. But it wasn't a day for going forward and going gung-ho and going after him. Because if that was the case, we'd have probably lost 6-2 six, six, or something like that. You know, people forget that in the Champions League quarterfinal, um, I don't know how anyone can forget that, by the way, <laughs> but we did actually lose the game. It was a ding-dong 4-3, but we actually lost the game. Uh, on the night and uh, we haven't been to the Etihad I don't think in, in, since the 15-16 season when Christian Eriksen and Lamella put that beautiful ball through and Christian Eriksen scored we, ain't been, we haven't been to the Etihad and won a game so mm. to get to get a 2-2 under the backs against the wall, I actually think it builds character. I actually think the you know the, the character of this team is undeniable. I think to be able to come back, not from one down, but from two down at the Etihad, when everyone's written you, and they were, I mean, Kevin De Bruyne yeah. was, was virtually unplayable that day. I mean, he was unbelievable. So to come for all of that and then walk away with a 2-2, I think it's an incredible result. So, fair, fair play to us. And it isn't sometimes, like you just said before, Charlie, it's not about 30 attempts and 50 attempts and this, that and the other. The most important column is the end one, which is how many points you get. And it, all of us Tottenham fans would have snapped anyone's hand off to take a point away from the Etihad mm. after, you know, bearing in mind, we've got the North London derby in two weeks' time, and we've got a, a tough, tough game against Newcastle. And mark my words, people think that's going to be a rollover. It's going to be a tough... I know we'll preview it later. It's going to be tough. So put it, in it all into context. I think it's a fantastic result. I'm buzzing, mate. Well, Ed, uh, fans, they get bogged down, don't they? they? You know, they mention, oh, but we didn't play well, you know. It's not a strong start. We're not looking great. But then the flip side is Spurs could have played absolutely fantastic, gone and lost 2-0, 3-1, and people were like, yeah, but we lost. It counts for nothing. So you, mm-hmm. yeah. you can never win, can you? Spurs didn't play great, but they got a point. Do you want to play well and get no points, or do you want to play not so great and come away with a point? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything that's been said, really. I think... Was were we lucky? Yes, but it was. If if anything, if it could, if you could ever say so, it was a kind of a controlled lucky. Yeah, you know, absolutely. we. I think Poch tactically, he kind of said, "I'm basically going to surrender the flanks, so that we've got more control and tightness in the middle, so they're not going to play through the lines on us." It meant that you saw, you know, the first and second goal, De Bruyne. Uh, you know that width he was getting, he really exploited it. But actually, we were pretty compact in the middle. Um, and it meant that we kind of, you know, yes, we did concede a lot of chances on the flanks, but actually we weren't being really opened up through the centre. Um, and yes, we took our chances, but that was, you know, great efficiency. You've got to 
take your hat off to Poch. That's the second time in, what, th four or five months that we've gone and done a number to an, to an extent on City at the Etihad. Mm. I would wager that City may well and go, go on to win every one of their remaining home Premier League fixtures this season. I, I don't think it's Great out shot. of the realms of possibility to, to, to suggest that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. And I think, sorry, Charlie, no, just to interact there, I think uh, Jason, you know, one of our own as well, um, earlier in the week um, on, on the last one of Spurs podcast, also mentioned that, um, you know, echoed that point. You know, we've been to the Etihad twice, and the only domestic team to take any points away at the Etihad in the most in most recent times it's actually Spurs, yeah. which is a bit. Uh, well, Spurs like a have bit scored of a five goals, haven't they? There, yeah. so for sure, this for is sure. the other stat that people, you know, people are very selective with their stats. What one we can talk about the thirty shots. <laughs> Sometimes we can forget other stats. But Lee, you said that what was impressive to you was the character. Spurs come yeah. back. For me, it's not the character because I already know about Spurs' character. You know, we see it in the European Cup run to come back in these games. You know, Ajax, Man City. You got to the final. There's loads of character there. For me, it's bigger and more impressive when a team can have thirty shots and score two or Spurs can have two shots on target and score two goals because in the Premier League you need to take your chances you, you are echoing my tweet from earlier in the week Charlie. <laughs> I mean I, I actually put I, I put it out there a bit of fun but I put it out there and I said look what's more impressive 10 shots on target and a 20% conversion or two shots on target and a 100% conversion mm. and that and that's the reality on, on the character bit you know I, I look at that I'm because, not questioning no, 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 I know you yeah. don't no, no, but the reason why I mentioned about the character bit and I don't know if you guys will agree with me or not is that it reminded me a little bit of the Borussia Dortmund game away from home yes, yeah. where, where we really sat in and we got battered for 25 minutes at that Borussia Dortmund game in the Champions League but we took it and there was bodies flying in and you know you don't get to see that you know so much plout from the back and it's all silky stuff nowadays at football and that's great but I do like the old school get your body in front it, you know yeah, 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 yeah. no one's going to get past us kind of mentality yeah. and I quite like that stuff and, and actually it was like that on um on Saturday evening, um, the only difference being, of course, that uh, we won that game away uh, at Dortmund and, and, and a sense and we, and we got a draw this time around. But I think it's the reason why I say about the character and I like that is because we are learning still. I think people still need to understand that Potocino is still learning yeah. as a manager. Now, our squad's still learning in certain areas and integrating younger players into stuff. And I know people will be screaming at the radio now and give us a call if you are. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're screaming at the radio now, go, oh, yeah, but how long does it take? But it is a process built, a foundation built on lots of stuff. And I'll give you an example. Look at Huddersfield. Okay, it might be a bit of a weird example. I know it's a Spurs fan show. But that foundation was built on sand. And as soon as it went belly up, David Wagner goes, whatever, look at them. They are rock bottom or second bottom, I think, yeah. from the, uh, the championship. Just sacked their manager. And just sacked their manager. They are, they are just in absolute trouble because the foundation of being in the Premier League was on sand. Our foundation as a football club, not even just on the footballing side, but of all of it, is absolutely in bricks and mortar, and I love it. Yeah. I think I think the, the key thing here to look at is, you know, it's very easy for other fans, not Spurs fans, to go, oh, of course Spurs are going to be happy with a point because, you know, they got outplayed. Yeah, they're going to be for delighted sure. with a point. But really, if we're being honest, you would have took a point before the game. And if yeah. there won't be many teams who are going to get a point at it's, the Etihad. It's not just a point, though. This is a thing. You know, you, what was it? I don't think we've... Well, we might have been under Juan de Ramos one time. But, you know, we ain't been in a six-pointer relegation battle situation. <laughs> these six-pointers. This is a double whammy. It weren't like a six-pointer. Mm. But to take yeah. a point... 
away from the Etihad is what is a tick box, right? But yeah. to actually get Man City to drop two, yeah. you know, let's have some ambition here. Everyone talks about ambitions or whatever. We want to be in the title race this year. So to take the point, and that's why I made the point earlier, 50 away games against our top rivals, and we've only won three. So to have that taking them points away from him is massively important. Come on, you Spurs. It's a brilliant <laughs> result. Well, that's it. Well, this is what Mourinho done with his side. He, you know, when he would play them, when he teams were possession, this is Absolute what Mourinho would on. do. And no one moaned when these teams went yeah. and won the league. Oh, yeah. And like I said, if Spurs, whatever they go on to achieve this season, you know, and that point could make all the difference. So yeah. they won't be talking about the performance then. They'll be talking about the point. Like Lee said, it's all about that column. Let's look at the goals now and the game itself. Let's take a deeper dive into the game. I have to start with Lamella because he's a player that we spoke about on the show and almost I want to give him the title without doing him a disservice of the pre-season star he always <laughs> shines in pre-season he's one that can't yeah. carry it over into the regular season he just you know he's been at Spurs for a while we just can't see him have liftoff well he is playing he is starting he did score not the greatest positioning sense from Edison yeah. in uh, in Nets for City. Doesn't matter though, because again he scored. Are we, could, are we could we finally see the benefits of Lamella? Is he coming into his own now? I mean, I, I think Lamella's a funny one, really, because I find him, I do find Lamella frustrating. Um, he does, he, the way he kind of uses the ball, sometimes he opens up some great opportunities, but then he runs into trouble. Yeah. Um, for me, Lamella, the sort of two thirds of the way through last season, I found him frustrating because you had a number of injuries and suspensions. You're hitting kind of that fixture congestion time. The pitches are getting hard. It's, you know, the players are getting leggy. I thought, here's a real opportunity for you to step up and really make your mark. He didn't quite do it, but he does, you know, he does have a value in that, in the City game. Mm. You know, he, he found that space in between the lines. Edison was out of position. He scored a good goal. Um, he, great you know, awareness. Great awareness. The corner, God knows how many times, you know, Ericsson is a very good player, but some of his corners are appalling. <laughs> that was a great whipped near post corner. Lucas you know, rises, nods it in. So one of, the, uh, one of my really good mates at uh, season to get that goes down with me and that Nick Martin, he always goes to the toilet when we get a corner. He says, it's a perfect opportunity to go to the toilet. <laughs> you mean when, when Ericsson's taking yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, when Ericsson's taking it. I <laughs> think he'll sta- be sitting yeah. in the stands On now. On the weekend, they were like cheering it all, all, all against Villa, just cheering every time Ericsson beat the first man. It was like, oh, just, yeah, crazy. On Lamella, I think um, it's all about him staying fit. I mean, it's, you know, he's had so many times where he's been injured. So as long as he can stay fit, I think he's a decent squad player. Um, I mean, obviously we had players missing, you know, Son. So we, we needed someone to step up. And I think Lamella did step up and it, it was in pretty much the biggest game. So, yeah, fair play to him. And hopefully he can stay fit because I do think that he can make his impact when he you know, when he is fit. Well, we're talking about Lamella and that first goal. Before we look at that second goal, because it was an amazing goal by Mora. Only 19 seconds on the pitch. We're going to be looking at that. And I think maybe one of the goals involved VAR. Yeah, I think so. We're going to be talking about that in just a few seconds. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with last word on Spurs, Lee McQueen, Jamie Brand and Ed Richards. We are, of course, are talking about the Man City game. We have to talk about the second half in that Man City game. Also, if you want to get in touch, please feel free to call us on 0208 70 258. You can also WhatsApp on the same number or even tweet us at Love Sport Radio. But let's look at the game now because we were talking to Miller. We're saying that hopefully can come on strong in this this season you know not be that pre-season star really cement that place we're looking for him to do that let's talk about Mora now because I want to start with Mora I just feel I've mentioned it on this pod I know a lot of Spurs fans probably feel this way that 
I feel a bit sorry for him in a sense. We know what happened last year in the Champions League final. He, he had that, you know, fantastic yeah. performance. Then he didn't start the Champions League final. And now once again, you know, you've signed Lachelso, you know, Ericsson's still there. And he's almost the man that always misses out. You know, you've still got Sun to come back. Now... And he didn't start against City. He don't didn't, start. He didn't start. And I, is it a case of... I just feel like he can't do much more. I feel like he contributes. I, I just... I, I, I we think... want more. See what I did. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. That. I did tee you up for it. We planned that in the break. <laughs> but um, he just—I don't think he can do more. I don't think. I think he's more than a sub-impact player, Jamie. Is—is—is mm. is, is it fair that to say he's the man that's maybe missing out? Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. I think. Um... In some games, though, I do think he works coming off the bench. As we saw, I think it was a big, big impact. He had a massive impact against City um, off the bench. So I think that was the right decision from Pochettino. But look, he, I think, you know, he's taken a while. He took that season last year to uh, to really come into it. You know, he's now got that big connection with the fans, having, you know, done the, the heroics in the Champions League semi-final. So he's now a player that's really on the seed now. Um, I think he will start getting more opportunities. As I said, I think it's just a one-off that 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 City game. I think maybe Maurizio thought that it was the right decision to to have him coming off the bench later on. Um, so I, I don't. I'm not too worried about him not starting because I think we he will get a lot more opportunities this season. Just quickly, then, if he does start, who drops out the Spurs though? Because you've got yeah. so, you've got so much depth in that middle of the park. Someone's got to drop out, and if it's not Mora, who is it? Well, yeah, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? I think, well, for me at the moment, it probably might be Ericsson. Um, and you'd probably have the three of maybe when fit, Deli Ali, uh, Hyung Min Son and, and then Mora behind Kane. Mm, interesting. Lee, do you agree with that? <laughs> I think we've got the best front four in the Premier League for the last two, wow. three seasons. Okay. Um, and that was without Mora. And I've gone on record and said it on this show many, many times. And then that front four of Kane, Ericsson, mm. Deli and Son, when they're all fit and firing, I think it's the best front four in the league. I think last season, um, with the heroics that Moore did, or Lucas did, he's now definitely a first-team player for sure. But we've got to start thinking. Everyone talks about thinking. like In the transfer window, everyone was saying, we've got to think like a, a big club. We've got to think like an elite club. Yeah. We've, got to, we've got to make this. Well, we did. Everyone was saying to us, we've got to back. Levy's got a back pot. We've got to get this. Well, we did. And now we've got a situation where we've got all these this amazing amount of talent that he's got at his disposal. Yeah. This is actually a pressure season, I think, for Potticino because mm. actually that's the difference now. Before we had a bit, not an excuse, but we had reasons. I'll just say that. We had reasons. We were playing at Wembley for two seasons. We've got a massive stadium now. We didn't have the co- uh, we didn't have the training facilities sorted like right when he first started, but we've got all that sorted now. Well, last season we didn't buy anyone for 517 days. Well, now we have, and we smashed our transfer records to do all of that sort of stuff. So the point being is that it's a really good problem to have. It's, it's a positive thing that we're talking about. It's not a negative. It's not, oh, right, you know, we can't fit them in. And actually, by Lucas signing a new deal or an extension to the deal that he's done, he, he's sitting there and he's he's saying, I'm pushing, I want to play first-team football. I might not play 56 games this season. I might play 35. That's okay. It's the same as the Man City's Gabriel Jesus, yeah. for example. He sits in the, sh- not in the shadow, but he sits most of the time on a bench against Aguero. But he's happy to do that because, yeah, he's at one of the top clubs. And that's why our mentality has changed as clubs. And us fans, we have to accept that and, and, and make sure that that's what we, we, we're, we're going towards. So to answer your question, you know, you said to Jamie, who would you start with? Well, he, for me, he's got the shirt over Son at the moment, right? And that's the point being, he's an unbelievable finisher. Unbelievable finisher at Moore. And I look at Moore as a as a more of a, a cane replacement or a, a striker, like I do with Son as well, than like a number 10 or somebody across the front three. So uh, um, that, that three 
for me, should be the people that are interchanging all the time. So you don't just turn around and go, right, you stick him as a number 10 and he stays rigid. He moves around. So if that's Ericsson, he might come in from the left, might come in from the right, might stay at number 10. Um, same with Deli Ali when he's fit. Son, Son cuts in, cuts out. Mora has, I think, more effect when he's down the middle than he does strangely yeah. enough on the wing. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing a 4 3 3, for example, you've got three up to it, you've got Kane as your, as your linchpin. The two people wide of him, you would probably go more on one side and Son on the other. But actually, uh, more is more effective when he's come down the middle. So, look, I don't get paid the big bucks like Potticino does to pick the team. But he's got the riches of resources at his fingertips now. And I'm fascinated by it. What a wealth of problems to have. Before I ask you, Ed, who you think should play and who should start. Lee, I want to touch on something you just said. Because you said... Now, this is a precious season for Poch. We have got yep. the training facilities. We have got the stadium. We have backed him with the signings. With that responsibility, you know, comes pressure. The expectation weighs heavy. If it doesn't go to plan this season, and we don't know what the expectation is this season, we probably certainly know what the fans want to achieve, but we don't know maybe what the manager's thinking or the board are thinking. If it doesn't go according to plan, can we see him, A, move on, or the board might not get happy, or the fans could fall out? Because... We know the pressure that comes with that now because Tottenham have to take the next step or you're just staying still, aren't you? Yeah, I think I think we need to improve. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're operating in an era now, and I don't want to use it as an excuse, but I'm just using facts. We're operating in an era now where to win the Premier League, yeah. you've got to get 90-plus points. I mean, that is mental, right? You know, 100-plus, 95-plus points. That, you know, Liverpool, Man City, what they did last season was ridiculous. So in order for us to improve, we've got to get... We've been second under Poch already. We've had two title races. In my head, we've we had two seconds, but technically we didn't. Um, you know, so you know, we've had we've had two title challenges under that five years. We've had a Champions League final. So the only improvement, really, that we've had we've had a League Cup final as well. We've had what three or four semi-finals within domestic cups. The only way that we can improve is to to go and win something. Yeah. Now, was it? This is an opinion. This is why we love football so much. But if we won the Carabao Cup this year and then got in the top four and didn't do a Champions League final and didn't challenge for a league, is that an improvement on last year? That's an opinion. For me, for my opinion, it isn't an improvement. It I would, isn't. No. I would rather I would rather properly challenge and miss out like Liverpool did by one point on yeah. the Premier League than winning the Carabao Cup and being 25 points behind the top. I do agree. So I don't want to, But let's just no, offer no, the no. other perspective. Yeah, yeah. You're just saying the next step that Tottenham need to take is win that trophy. Once you win one, I do believe the floodgates were mm. open. It's about getting that winning mentality... It's so important for Spurs now to win a trophy yeah, in this I, era that they're in. Maybe I don't think the Carabao Cup was the right example, but if you would have said FA, FA, FA Cup, Cup, maybe FA Cup. Yeah. Look, what I, would you have said? Well, look, FA Cup. I'll just throw out to you boys as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a massive. It's the bi- biggest domestic trophy in you know Even if in, it has in the lost world. Its magic, it still it is for me. Of, but, yeah. but for, for us and every, mm. everyone else, it is amazing. So look, don't get me wrong. Right, I want to win a trophy. But I am. I do understand what Poch has said yeah. all along. Is it's not about them smaller cups. With respect, it's mm. about the two big trophies that you can go and win. But to argue that, just quickly, Lee, we just mentioned about the performance of City. We don't care about the performance. We're coming away with a point, yeah. and then you're going, "Oh, if we come second, ninety-six, that's an improvement." But no one's going to look back on that and go, "Yeah, but you got second. People are going to look back. Like, Spurs won. <laughs> Spurs won the FA Cup last year. Yeah. So, Ed, to bring you in, would you want the cup or you want the second and the ninety-six points that Lee mentioned? There? Um, I. I would make a, a differentiation between the Carabao and the FA Cup. Yeah, that is why. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I um, use the Carabao Cup, but so I, I mean, there, we've we've seen us. I mean, I I've seen us win the you know the League Cup twice in my lifetime. 
you know, I, I agree with Lee that I would rather a real tilt at the title and come yeah. slightly short than win another Carabao Cup. But, I, you know, there's something about the FA Cup that for us, as Sp- certainly for my generation of Spurs fans, for me, it's brought nothing really but misery. Um, you know, what was it, eight semi-final losses? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think, it would, I think it would be a statement. If, you know, if we were to maintain a top four position, maybe a, lead, a, a, you know, a, a credible league challenge and win an FA Cup, I think that would be a good season. Yeah, look, I'm always looking at the project and long term, and I think Tottenham you saw. 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you look at how close we came to winning the Champions League last year, I think that that attracted the likes of Tongi and Dombele, Giovanni Lo Celso. So I think if we show that we're capable of um, of challenging for the title, then we can keep attracting those players. We can keep improving the squad, and then maybe we can even win it one day. The, the thing is about the Champions League is, you know, you look at the Liverpool model, what, why not? Why can't Spurs go and win it this season? I'm putting it out there. Of course you can. We got to the final last year when everyone, we were decimated, no yeah. training, 11 months of football, everyone got injured, didn't sign anyone, Llorente's a lamppost, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. And we got to Champions Deli Alley's rubbish. We got to the Champions League final. We've now invested in the squad, spent over 130 million quid. Mm. We've given him what he wanted. He wants all of that stuff. He's an amazing manager. Why can't we get to Champions League final? We can. We can go and win it. The fact of the matter is, we're in pot two, I think we are, on the yep. 29th of August, yep. so we'll yep. find out who we get. You know, Spurs, and this comes back to that character thing, Spurs seem to thrive in a, an underdog environment. Yeah. You, you know, what's the phrase? Oh, you're not Spurs unless you think we're going to lose, or you're not Spurs unless... But we have to change that mentality mm. as fans as well. Poch always talks about the people's perception. Do you know who he's talking about? He's talking about us. He is. He's talking about the media. He's talking about us fans, the people that go week in, week out. He, he, that is who he's talking about. Mm. It's the perception of the prejudice, if you like, against our club in the mainstream media is ridiculous. And I'll give you an example. Like You, you know, you look at all the mainstream TV, t- uh, t- TV channels and whatever. They've got like the top goal scorers. But they've decided to put Man United's top goal scorer on there, who's got two. But there's about five different players that have got two, but they decided to put Man United on there. For no other reason other than they're Man United. The pres- you know, so we are fighting against that sort of stuff all the time. And I notice it now because of before we weren't we, we weren't a big enough club. But now we are. We are genuinely at the top table and we can win things. And I do think we can win the title. Lee, just quickly on that, does that stuff bother you that stuff like Tottenham aren't up there, like maybe if a Tottenham player's got three or he's got two as well when they're showing the Man United? Or do you think... It does. It does. It bothers me. No, it's fully understandable. Do do you know why, Charlie? But I don't know if you agree with me, Jamie and and Ed, but the reason why it bothers me is because it, it... it goes under the radar. No one, no one sees that. But there that. is quite an... I'm, f- yeah. for certain, I prefer to fly under the radar. I think, you know, if no one's paying attention, it does bother me. I know we've got to. Yeah, yeah. So I'm there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. But I completely understand because it comes down to really a level of respect, doesn't I'll give, it? I'll give you another example, right? And you correct me if I'm wrong here, lads, right? I'll give you another example. Whenever anyone's having a debate or, you know, doing these types of shows or whatever it might be, right, if it's open to mainstream, and we're talking about all different clubs, they will... Talk about Spurs, people on social media, whatever, talk about Tottenham, and the minute they turn around and go, oh my, he's amazing, that player's amazing, the next sentence is, how long do you think Spurs will keep him for? That, that is always what happens. Is that, that is, isn't that Twitter? Every club? No, no, but no, no, I don't believe it is, because you look at the likes of a Man United and so on and so forth, yeah. and they never, that never happens, yet they do sell their best players because they sold Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? They do sell their best players, Chelsea, because they sold Hazard. 
Mm. They do sell their best players, Arsenal, because, hang on a minute, how long long we got until the break? So so the point being is that everybody else does sell their best players, but it's always Spurs that are the ones that are like, oh, yeah, but, you know, they're going to do this or they ain't going to be able to do that or they fluke the Champions League final or how did they get there? Whereas Liverpool, oh, yeah, they got there because they deserve to be there. Well, hang on a minute, Mm. you get there, you're there because you deserve to be there. Do you not agree, Ed? I do, I do completely agree with you, Lee. I think there there is a slight difference of treatment between us and and the other sort of established big six um but i mean i think taking it back to you know what can we look for this season what can we hope to achieve i'm hoping you know there's that it's a bit of a cliche it's an old saying but you know i think there is something in it you've got to lose a final to win a final and I to agree. win a trophy and 100%. i think i'm you know i hope this is that, why i said the cup i think genuinely know, could do wonders for spurs whatever cup it is yeah exactly and i hope that we can really take the experience of madrid yeah forward into this season um and you know i think there's i think i i think we i think we could i'm not sure or maybe about i'm not sure we're quite t- title challengers but i think we can certainly be solid top four and i think we should be tra- challenging for trophies mm. well there you have it just a very quick update australia are yes. all out for 179 archer has had a phenomenal day what a what, what a day for archer He's i mean got six now didn't he Did yeah, he unbelievable. yeah unbelievable i mean australia are all out for 179 in the third test up at headingley this is the last word on spurs and this is love sport this is love sport you're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Lee McQueen, Jamie Brandon, Ed Richards from Last Word on Spurs here. I've got to tell you, the debates, they carry on. Don't think we go away and they don't carry on because it's getting heated in the studio. Spurs are challenging for the title. There's no shame there. We're talking about they got that point against City at the well, we, had this weekend. We were just chatting, weren't we, off air, guys, about kind of that, that whole belief thing. and. Yeah. The mentality. What, the mentality and the, and, and the belief. Have we, even as fans, right deep down in our gut, do we actually believe that we were going to lift that Champions League? Like, we, we didn't. No. Like, what, what no. did you say, Jamie? Well, yeah, I was saying that for Liverpool, for, for us, it was kind of like a nice day out. But for Liverpool, they were there. They had to win to bring that trophy back. For sure. And it was kind of, that was kind of the difference. I don't know whether over time, I think that will change. I think all the stuff we've got in place now, we are now a big club we're a massive club now so whether over time that would change when we start to win start to get over the line and win trophies hopefully that would change but I think that that was the big difference in Madrid Ed you were talking earlier about just on the Villa game and yeah. I was fascinated with this because you see this so much again it's on social media but all, all like we've all got WhatsApp groups of all of our Spurs fans as well how many how many pings did you get on your WhatsApp going oh for God's sake John McGinn blah, 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 oh, yeah. back to the same old exactly. Spurs blah blah it's like hang on a minute it's like there's not 78 minutes left in the game and you was at the game yeah and exactly and, you, and as soon as Villa scored you had uh, people around me go, getting on the players backs right. yeah it's not ideal to go 1-0 down to a promoted side after 15 minutes but you know there was enough in that first half it wasn't great but we were showing enough we were creating chances but we weren't playing brilliantly but yet you know I think if you look at some of the other sides in the Prem you know particularly the Liverpool clubs some of the other northern teams they will support their team sort of through and through whereas there's this kind of atmosphere this hush that comes and this frustration that sort of boils over from the terraces and I do think I do agree with you Lee I think you've got a point there about we almost do need a bit of a mentality shift from the fan base. And it's difficult to do. And I think that's part of the one of the key jobs Potticino has been doing over the last five years, like to shift the mentality. I think he's had to shift the mentality of the board. I think he's had to shift the mentality of around the club or around the uh, uh, press, around around the fans. And, and we're doing that. But 
I'd love to meet. Uh, like, I'm a massively positive person, as everybody knows. No, in the not you. <laughs> Mr. Energy and all that sort of stuff. But if I'm really like deep, if you turn around to me and say, "Right, we've got a we've got a gun to your your kid's head or something like that," honestly, tell me absolutely honestly, did you think we was going to lift the Champions League? I'd have to say no. And that, that little bit there is yeah. what Pochettino is trying to change. And maybe come back to your point, Charlie, maybe whatever cup it is, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, maybe that is the bit that changes. Blimey, we got the Audi Cup a couple of weeks ago. Hello, you know, glory, glory. I'm, glory, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to do the treble. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, unbelievably, <laughs> it is, well, it's, it's gone half seven and we haven't spoken about the VAR incident. We have to talk about it. Obviously, VAR, <laughs> there's mm. size in the studio already. <laughs> of, of course. But obviously, VAR has been introduced to the Premier League this season there has already been numerous incidents there was incidents last year when City played Spurs in the Champions League obviously these two teams faced each other last weekend again VAR let's talk about that goal then because I think firstly I want to disclaimer VAR is doing its job it's sure. you know and not because you're Spurs fans but VAR there is just to enforce the law I think what people have a problem with is the actual handball rule that's yeah. coming yes. this and, season uh, it's, we need clarification on the rules VAR is only there to enforce for, it if that's the rule this is what it is 100% and that, that's what you've just taken the words out of my mouth I was on, I was on here on Johnny's last show um, you know the show before um, you Charlie come and took over the, the, the fan show and we talked about the VAR because of the yeah. situation with um, with Sissoko's handball. And I said that exact same thing. I said, look, before it comes into Premier League, people got to understand that VAR, actually the technology, is brilliant. Yeah. It's doing exactly mm. what it's meant mm. to have done. It's doing the wrong seal, right? Exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. It's the rule yeah. that, that, is that have, the people have the issue with. Now, mm. the rule clearly states that if the ball touches any part of the hand with this, it then affects a goal it will be ruled as a free kick. Yeah. VAR picked up that clearly Laporte mm. handballed it in the new rule. Yeah. Now, if somebody, a pundit comes on, a famous pundit, or somebody who's no written numbers ever heard of, and turns out and says, I don't agree with that rule, that's nothing to do with <laughs> exactly. VAR. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's the point. So, you know, for mm. me, that's where I stand. I think VAR is doing a fantastic job. And if we didn't have VAR in, would have lost that game yeah. and it would have been unjust because he yeah, handballed it. Well, let's let's maybe move it on and let's offer a different perspective. Let's not talk VAR and let's talk about that handball rule because I think we're all going to agree on that VAR and this one case was correct. It's what it's brought in for because teams are going to get robbed of 1.3 yeah. points and it would have been an unjust result. Jamie, I'll start yeah. with you then. That handball rule, where do you stand on that if you can take your Tottenham glasses off for a second? <sighs> yeah, well, it, was, it was difficult because when I first saw it, it looks as though it just brushed his hand. So, I, you know, I was kind of thinking that is very hard. Players didn't appeal it, did they? And this well, was exactly, another thing. Exactly. So, and that's and that's why VAR is so great because it, mm. it spots those sort of things. And um, yeah, I, I think it takes a deflection. It takes a deflection of his hand, and it takes it away from Dombele in, into part of Jesus. So for me, that was definitely it was a handball. It was a handball because it's you know it's given Man City the advantage. Um, for me, that that was you know that that was it was a handball, and I think that the rules done its job there. But obviously, it looks very controversial because it's just <coughs> it's it's a very you know it's because he it? hasn't tried to gain an advantage. Exactly. He doesn't know it's... about it. But it's funny the wording there because you know a lot of pundits, as Lee have pointed out, have pointed, well, he hasn't tried to gain an advantage. I thought, yeah, but the ball has swerved seven yards yeah. toward Jesus. I mean, it's not just gone on the floor; it has like fallen sure. at his feet. So there is an advantage there, whether it was meant or not. It, what wasn't there, Ed? Yeah, I, I think I think there was. I mean, I think I completely agree with what's been said about you know it's not the VAR, it's the okay. it's this new rule. But I think probably more clarity is needed on what the rule is exactly. I think still a lot of fans don't really understand it. I think you know if you 
however, so Laporte, it's brushed his arm. So it's, you know, it's influence play and Jesus has gone on and scored. But so from a defensive point of view, if that corner comes in, and I'm not clear on this, if that ball comes in and it brushes Lamella's arm, does that, is that? It, well, this is it because you know, the funny thing is, if it touches a Tottenham defender's arm, City don't get the penalty yeah. there. Which is people are like, how can it affect one team and not the other? And again, we'll take out that it's Tottenham and we'll take out that it's City. I think this is where people are sort of like VAR handball rules. And um, when we do anything, when you try it and when it's in its infancy, you know, there's going to be teething problems. Sure, people can't get their head round it. And also, we do that typical British thing: when it goes in your favour, VAR is fantastic. When it goes <laughs> against you, it's the worst thing in the world, isn't it? Lee? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, look, we, we was in the Champions League last year. Everybody remembers the uh, Fernando Loriente up in the, the VAR. Everybody remembers the VAR um, ruled offside goal, which was totally offside, by the way. So there was nothing wrong. Again, VAR does its job perfectly. Um, but no one seems to remember the fact that City got a penalty in the first leg. Mm. Uh, Danny Rose handball yeah. going up. We have also yeah. been penalised by mm. VAR as well, so from a Spurs perspective. But as an overall... Like we're saying before, it's the rules, and, and Ed, you mentioned, and I agree with you. Like we need more clarity on the rules. But can anybody specifically explain to me right now on this pod, or any of our listeners that want to call in oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight? Does anybody can explicitly explain to me the offside rule? And I rest my case, dropping the mic, because the offside rule's been in for hundreds of years, and and people still can't explain it. The fact is, people, just general people, human beings. A big, big percentage of them don't like change. Uh, and change is yeah. coming into the game for the better. If that is a trophy-winning situation or an, a difference between being relegated or yeah. promoted oh, or whatever, massive. it's absolutely massive. And one of the things I think on the VAR, I think, which actually they've done well here in England, um, I don't like the thing internationally, and I think in the Champions League, FIFA competitions, other European leagues, where the ref gets something in his ear and then he goes over to the side and looks at the big screen. You don't like the VAR room? I don't the like VAR room. I don't like this thing of because I think that then puts a lot of implicit pressure on the ref to change his mind. Well, I almost feel like we're getting to a position now, Ed, where refs are almost becoming redundant because it's not a decision that I know he hasn't seen it, VR's telling him, but it's all in the ear. Yeah. So they're being overruled straight away, whether it is for good. And I think where the problem is in the clarification on rules, and I want to go back to what you said, Lee, I think where people spearhead their argument towards VAR is that people now want VAR to look at everything. So there was an earlier incident in the game sure. when Rodri, uh, City and felt Lamella, like they should yeah. have had a penalty. Yeah. And why aren't VAR looking at that? Because but, that's not in the rule. And the Premier League well, this is it. But VAR doesn't it. look at that, does it? Of course. And all the other thing that VAR isn't into, into the Premier League, everyone's sort of saying, well, it wasn't clear and obvious. Because I didn't see it, so it wasn't clear. That's subjective. Whether or not you saw it or not, that's subjective. The mm. fact is, VAR saw it, and that's why it was pulled up on. It was pulled up because yeah. it's the rule, the new rule in the Premier League is, if it hits your arm, it's going to be ruled out. So that, that that's the rule. So VR is doing his job perfectly in the rule in the rule situation. When VR first come in and Edge made a point internationally and all all around, it is talking about it has to be clear and obvious. It has to do this. It has to do that. That's not what the Premier League's rules are. Mm. No, do yourselves a favour, Tottenham fans and everyone else that is getting confused about VAR, just go and read the rules. It's, it's a few pages. Go and read them, understand them, and and then and then the next time round when it happens on 
probably 89th minute where Newcastle end up scoring a, a, a late winner or something and it's VAR yeah. no one can complain the fact of the matter is don't don't give away a handball in in, in the box yeah. whatever happened to ball to hand though because that they... well that's the ball now isn't it? <laughs> that's the point that's, that's the point you're I'm stirring us in I'm, you're stirring us in I just thought you were getting but a little bit too relaxed there Lee uh, <laughs> the, point, the point being is again it, and, uh, how annoying it might sound but the rule isn't about ball to hand that's not the rule the rule is if it, and what what I like about the VAR stuff and the rule changes they've mm. take they've tried and, and I think succeeded so I'm putting it out there to take away the subjectiveness mm. is it ball to hand that is subjective you might think it is I might think it isn't did it hit the arm yes that's a yes or no it's a black and white answer and that's what they've done they've said we can't judge whether or not it's ball to hand or hand to ball whatever so what we're going to do is just go if it hits the arm it's a foul or it's a free kick to your position. That seems to be the, from a defensive position, from what I can see, almost approaching what UEFA is saying in the Champions League, a la Sissoko and the Paris Saint-Germain player. They've kind of almost got to that position, but the Premier League doesn't seem to do that from a defensive view. So the counter to that is, yeah, fine, it hits Laporte's arm, so it's chalked off. But then it seems to be a, a sort of an imbalance between the attacking intent and the defensive position. Well, we could talk VAR all day. We're going to be talking about the lineups next for that game and how Spurs are playing in their formations to start this Premier League. But if you want to talk about VAR and give your opinion, please call in 0208 70 We're going to be looking at those lineups next. Love Sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Lee McQueen, Jamie Brown and Ed Richardson. We are talking about VAR. It got very emotional, but Jamie, you made a point on that, that people were saying VAR's taking the emotion out of the game. It's taking yeah. the euphoria yeah. out of the game. You're going to argue that's not the case. Well, I think all, all Spurs fans felt a lot of emotion when it was disallowed. I think it does add another element to the game and, and fans have just got to accept that sometimes it will go their way, sometimes it won't. And I think if you look at the reactions of most neutrals around the country, and, and, and Spurs fans, you know, there was there was so much excitement and, and drama. I just think it adds another element. I don't think it takes it away. It just adds another element. So, I'm Ed, all, I'm Ed, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I, I can kind of get the, you know, people thinking, you know, those moments, those last minute winners. Does it detract a bit? But then I think if you get something which is kind of blatantly wrong and it stands, hmm. you know, the, the go back to whenever... 2005 Pedro Mendes at Old Trafford (laughs) you know it was those kind of incidents blatant wrongs that this kind that the technology was brought in for and ultimately I as we move forward I I I think it's still gonna it's not you know we're not gonna see the end of talking points those things will still be there in the game it's just a slightly new technology which we're adjusting to I'm a big cricket fan when things like Ultra Edge and, you know, all the hotspot things, when that technology came in, it was, you know, it took a long time for people to adjust to it. Yeah. Now, you know... Now we'll be lost without it. Exactly. People are for it. Yeah. I mean, so, we've yeah. just taken two wickets uh, earlier in the day yeah. that both got reviewed, both went down the Ultra Edge and both were out based on Ultra Edge, but yeah. they wasn't given out on the field of play. Yeah. But the right result was taken. Yeah. And that's why I was coming back to that subjectiveness or not. It cannot be subjective. You cannot use or blame... VAR or technology for a subjective decision. That is what we've all been talking about in the pubs for the last hundred years. When a referee gets a decision, was it right, was it wrong? Totally subjective. And that's the bit that we love and hate, of course, if it goes, (laughs) what technology is doing is sorting it out for non-subjective 
decision. Well, there you have it. We're putting the VAR debate to bed. <laughs> I'm delighted to say now we have Shubin on the phone. He's not going to worry us about VAR. You want to talk young players, we should be focusing on the academy. Shubin, what are you thinking? Um, basically, um, with um, I know there's been a few like murmurs that because Jack Park hasn't had a chance to play the lead because I think they have a rule you can only play six loanies in the match day squad in the in the championship. So I think they have uh, I think they have six or six five. If they have six, they can't play all all their loanies. But he hasn't often got game time yet, so he's only been quite young. And the other one's Troy Parrot. Obviously, I think he got caught up to Republic of Ireland a couple of weeks ago. And, are we asking our young players to grow up too quickly? Are we not letting them just mature and develop at their own rate? I think it's it's difficult sometimes, like giving them their opportunities. I think maybe you look at Carl Walker Peters. I think that he's a guy that's kind of stuck around the first team a lot and um, and hasn't had those opportunities, and maybe that's kind of stunted his development a bit. So I think it's it's important that, that the likes of Troy Parrott are playing regular game time so that they can keep on uh, developing their game. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, it's, it is disappointing. Maybe it is disappointing with Troy Parrott because he does seem like a really, really good player, and um, and maybe someone that that would add something different, um, but on the bench. But I think as we've we've mentioned, you know, our squad depth is pretty good now, and especially in attack. So, um, yeah, for me, I would like to see Troy Parrott uh, as, as one of them, maybe get more game time, but um, in in the or, or minutes in the first team. But yeah, I, I think that sometimes you know, there's there's lots of different arguments for and against it. I think just quickly before bringing it in, because he's more the resident expert on the on, on the academies and stuff. But you know, we've had two games, lads and yeah, listeners. Yeah. We've had two games. Ah, we, where are you going to put Troy Parrott minutes at the minute from from that? Yeah. I think he will get minutes this year for sure. I think he's an absolute talent. And there's one thing for, that we can all know about Pochino is that he will give them youngsters an opportunity if, if they impress. Um, he's done that with Skip last season, and now he started to play him. He could have brought on Eric Dyer to shore it up a little bit, didn't he? Against Man City, he could have done that. He didn't. Yeah. He brought on Skip. Um, so that that trust in there, and, and just going back to um, uh, to, to Leeds, um, you know, you got to remember that you know Potticino's mentor uh, mentor from from back in the day is Bielsa. So mm. you know they will be talking. Um, I would have thought about Jack's role and you yeah. know what he's doing and what he isn't doing, as uh, uh, the case may be. It's a difficult one at the moment because Leeds are top of the league, so he's picked a team so far and they're top. So, but again, I'm sure that he get get game time at Leeds as well. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone back. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I would like to see Troy get some real game time this season. Um, I saw him last year quite a few times um, under, under 23s. He had a very good summer tour pre-season. Um, he's still young. He's still very, you know, callow, but he's really talented as well. So I think you've got to be very gentle with the way you sort of bring him into the into the fold. Um, I... I agree, I think, and John, you know, long-standing friend of the show, he's very much on this, we need to watch Jack Clark, his development, make sure he's getting game time up at Leeds. But surely Poch, Bielsa, they'll be talking. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, I think the Carabao Cup, if, you know, if we get, you know, a, a League Two or League One side at home in the, in the third round of the Carabao Cup, could that be an opportunity to really bring someone like Troy Parrott into the squad? Definitely, I think, yeah. I think it was a shame that Troy didn't score in the in the preseason um, because he had... he had. He, I, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I actually thought it was brilliant. I come on and I... It was weird, actually, because I actually... <laughs> I called him out before it even started. I think, actually, yeah. he could be one... And, yeah. he, and he did, and he was brilliant. But if he'd have scored, that might have given that a little bit of confidence. Very tough. If... 
this is the thing, you know, Jason always talks about back the manager, and this is where Pochettino is absolutely at his very, very best. He will know exactly how to develop Troy and Jack and all the other young players in the way that is right for them. Mm. And he will make the decision to go, right, this is the time to bring Troy in or not. And, you know, what are you going to do? Give him 10 minutes against Man City? Mm. Yeah, go on then, Troy, go and get us a winner. I don't think that's the right <laughs> yeah, opportunity. I mean, do you know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, I was, I was a little nervous, um, for example, about about Kyle Walker-Peters against City because I thought, you know, if this goes really badly wrongly and Sterling just turns him inside out, that's a, that, at that kind of tender age, that's something that can really weaken a, play, a young player's confidence. Now, I'd like to see Kyle Walker-Peters get a really, you know, a good run of games in the yeah. side. Obviously, we've got ongoing, you know, questions, who's going to be the long-term right back, these kind of things. But at that age and at that sort of level of the player's development, mm. you've got to be careful about it. You don't want to just chuck them in and then just blow their confidence, and you know, you know that could that can kind of really throw a player's career off to, off on a really bad tangent. I totally agree. Oh, Shubin, so, you still there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I, just, I just let you boys run with it. Yeah, I mean, I just, <laughs> we hadn't Shubin, forgot about stuff. you, mate. We hadn't forgot about you. Shubin. What, uh, what positives did you take from the game on Saturday? Oh, apart from the lovely that loveliness that is VAR. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, no. I mean, what I, what I liked about us. I mean. I think I remember was that we got bad six 0 under the AVB days, and we you know we had no backbone, and you know, yeah. whereas I don't know what I know, I know we, we're kind of used to it by now, but even if we go behind, we always we don't seem to crumble. We seem to we, we we believe we stay in the game, and you know sometimes we get most often nights nice we do. So that's something that I'm really proud of, and you know, long mate, continue. But the only question I was going to ask though was when you would go, um, I think Lee mentioned Skip bringing him on. Mm. What I can't understand was why was someone kicked out five ten, very skinny five ten? Why was he marking an absolute unit like Laporte? Do you know That's what you 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 took my words? That's on my sheet to talk about. Spot on, <laughs> oh, sorry, Shubin, because, sorry, no, no, sorry. no, no, not at all. This is why we do the show. We want uh, we want uh, fans calling in and pointing out them things. And the reality is, we did it last year in Champions League semi final and the quarter final because Trippier was um uh was marking uh, De Litt at corners, which was utterly ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And Skip, probably one of the smallest, he's probably smaller than Mora, um, was marking uh, Laporte at a corner. It's that what is happening there? Is, yeah. that, is this that zonal marking thing? Because that was how Trippier was definitely marking Delit twice last season, yeah. and it's happened again. So you know, with with different personnel, but the same situation. Big little fella, surely. Yeah, I've never. I mean, I've always, I've always felt that for a long time, and it probably even predates Poch, goes back to Harry Redknapp and even Martin Yol. So way back in the mist of time. But I've always felt that corners both attack from an attacking and defensive point of view we've never been quite on it i've always felt like it's an it's an opportunity other sides sense it someone like a stoke when in the tony pulis days they feel that they can get one over on us and we never quite make as much of our own corners as we should do i don't know it, that that for me that would be a that would be a work in progress corners and you know Maybe Lamella, you from an attacking point of view, you get him on taking them. Defensively, I agree. It doesn't feel quite right. The matchups and yeah, the delict thing really annoyed me. And For was, sure, and and Shubin's yeah. right to point out because it happened against City again. Yeah. And you know that well without VAR, VAR, without that, we'd have probably <laughs> got three. Exactly. <laughs> without a bit of VAR, then uh, you know we could have been three two down, and that could have come from like if you've got one of your big, but yeah, if you've got a. Sanchez, he was on the pitch. If you got Sanchez marking uh, Laporte at a corner 
he might not even, he don't even go with a handball and he don't even go there. Do you know what I mean? Don't get nowhere near it. Uh, look, it's all with and buts, but I think it's a, it's a really good point, Shubin, because I thought that was a disgrace. Shubin, thanks for calling. We really appreciate you there calling on the last word on Spurs. It's dominated by VAR. We're talking about the game, but in the next hour, we are going to be talking about the possibility that Wanyama could be leaving Club Bruges. You've made an offer for him then because the foreign transfer window is still open. And of course, we're going to be looking at that Newcastle game and ahead of the Champions League draw. So much to talk about. And as always, get involved. You can call us on 0208 7020 558 or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. There is still one more hour of the Spurs fan show. This is Love Sport. Now, guys, just a reminder out there, we are running this special promo for The Athletic. Um, I'm sure if you're aware of The Athletic, this is the opportunity to get the best coverage of your club with a world-class team of writers. They are completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And John, one of our you know people that we know out there covering Tottenham, Jack Pitbrook, a massive writer who covers a lot about Spurs, is the main writer. I mean, John, you've already got the content, as I understand. What do you think of it? I really, really like The Athletic, actually. I think it's a really interesting modern concept on securing the best journalists for each supporter's club and then having them write on a almost daily basis. And, and there's questions and answers and an opportunity for you to really feel in line with what's happening at your club. Uh, I've seen two great articles by Jack this week uh, covering Tottenham Hotspur, those being the situation of Christian Eriksen's contract and the shift in power between Tottenham's security of having players tied to long-term deals is not as it once was. And we've seen that with Toby, Jan and uh, Christian Eriksen potentially running down their contracts and leaving for nothing. And then Jack's also released a second article today discussing the Y-word consultation and what the connotations are for Tottenham Hotspur supporters and those from the Jewish community. It's a really interesting read and uh, I encourage you all to get out there and have a look at it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, at the moment, they seem to be taking the world by storm, this new way of going forward. I mean, they're a subscription to the company's complete football content library. Um, also, a lot of stuff they do within the US itself. I mean, as I said, the best coverage of your club, a world-class team of writers, and we have to emphasise, completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And again, for a 30-day free trial and to receive 50% off your yearly subscription for only £2.50 per month, you just need to go to The Athletic dot co dot uk forward slash last word so make sure you're putting that in the athletic dot co dot uk forward slash last word and it has to be in lowercase okay guys get on that promotion really really good content enjoy You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with Lee McQueen, Jamie Brand, and Ed Richardson. We, of course, have been talking the City game, the draw there. Might have been 30 shots, might have been two for Tottenham, but the scoreline was 2-2, so one point back to North London. Thank you, please. We're also going to be looking at the Newcastle game this weekend. We're going to be talking transfers, and we're going to be talking everything where that new Tottenham stadium is concerned. But I'm delighted to say, joining us on the line now is Gav. Gav, thank you for calling. Gav, am I right in asking you that you're the one who sends in the WhatsApps for Lee as well? I am. I yes, Gav. Positivity in my life. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Gav? What are your thoughts? I know you want to talk a little bit about Ericsson and a few of the Tottenham Ajax connections with the players you've got there. Yeah, I just need a little bit of positivity because I'm looking at it from one angle. Ericsson looks like he's going to see out his contract. Toby could do the same. Jan, obviously, there's an issue somewhere he could walk. Danny Rose, 
almost went in the summer. He was at Watford on the last day of the, the transfer window. My question for Lee is the positivity needed. Is there an issue somewhere? Because it doesn't seem that all is rosy in the garden. From the outside, it looks great. The stadium, the training ground. But you need the players. For sure. Beginning to be a little bit worried. What do you, what do you think, mate? Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. Look, I'm not privy to any inside information around different contracts and so on and so forth. But out of the four players you've named, three of them there is there's an age situation yeah, there for yeah. sure. Um, you know, when when players get into their their uh, late twenties or early thirties, the club has a different stance. And and I don't like bringing them up actually on the show, mm-hmm. but Arsenal had the same policy, um, and I actually agree with it. I think it's a good policy to have. The point being is that I wonder whether or not the club as a whole have taken their eye off some of these contracts because of all the stuff that was happening with the stadium over the last two years. I I don't know. I mean, that's a little bit uh, speculation and stuff. But what I would say about um, just addressing uh, a few of them points. So Danny Rose, it's been clear that Danny Rose has wanted to leave this club since Carl Walker left. That is, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, but that is a fact in my opinion, right? So when uh, Kyle Walker left for 50 million, and if, if everybody remembers, Kyle Walker started to have a bit of rumbling, a bit of a like, oh, I'm not quite sure about this, and then boom, he got frozen out, and Potts said, no, you're not having this. And I love that in a manager. It's great mm. leadership. It's, get, get, you know, if you're not on the bus, then get off, if you know what I mean. Mm. The thing is yeah. with Danny Rose at the time, he got injured, and it, his £50 million move to United, which was mooted at the time, never materialised. And I think he's got to be in his bonnet about it, to be honest. Having said that, he does give it his all when he plays and so on and so forth. And I've got no problem still being in the squad. I actually think, though, if we had po- it would be amazing if we did. If we got Pochettino on last word on Spurs. Um, he's coming uh, on next week. He's coming on. <laughs> and actually asked him the question. And, and if he was honest, I think he would say, I don't want him in my squad because I don't, you know, he don't want to play for us anymore. On the Christian Eriksen thing. He is. Everybody talks about kind of his as he had his head turned, so on and so forth. Hundred yeah. percent. His head is somewhere else now. So it's no one's been tapping him up. The massive positive or negative, depending on which side you sit on, is that no one's coming for him, and they still might because there's still like what thirteen days left to the mm-hmm. foreign window. But no one's coming for him at this point. Yeah. The issue that we've got now, massive issue that we've got now, is we're going to let a 70, 80, 90 million pound player yeah. go for either free. Or for, for 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 basically peanuts, right? That that's the issue that we got. The other two, now this is where it's going to be a little bit more controversial for me, and I will pass on in a minute mm. to Jamie. But but Gav, you did you did ask me. The other two, I absolutely think they're the best Premier League. They are the best yeah. pairing, or have been the best defensive centre backs pairing in the Premier League for the last four or five. So I think they're amazing. However. The thirty and thirty one respectively, they're in their last years of their contracts, and actually. I don't think for the club it's a massive disaster if both of them walk on a free next year. I don't think it's a massive disaster because Without I think... replacing them, no, Lee. No, no, no. It's We've, quite no, no. dangerous, though. It's, uh, yeah, a, yeah. it's for, a big core of the for, squad, key players. For sure, but we've also got some good replacements already in, so I think that what Poch would do but is... to that level. Mm. Well, look, the, the fact of the matter is, Toby proved it two seasons ago that you can be injured for six months, right? So did Danny Rose for two years, by the way. So we keep banging on about Danny Rose is amazing. 15, 16, Jay says it all the time. But he ain't been that player since. Toby is good. He's fantastic. But they're in the, you know, centre-backs can play on to all of what, the 33, 34. So maybe I'm being a bit prem. And don't get me wrong, I do not want them guys to leave. But I don't don't think it's as bad as as that. The other thing I would quickly say, Yang Vertonghen's best mate, 
is uh is Dembele Musa Dembele, and he went to China and he's probably yeah. raking it in and so on and so forth. We've got the same situation yeah. potentially with Yan and Toby, or they might go back to Ajax. So. I don't know if that's cleared you up or given you some more positivity about it, but we've got to look also. Look, we've got Juan Foyth, we've yeah. got we've got Eric Dyer that can be a fantastic centre back. We've got Davison Sanchez that can be a fantastic. We've got Ryan Sessegnon, who's eighteen years old, who's going to be an absolute storming left back to replace Danny Rose. So, so actually, you know, you want some positivity. There, there is some there. The, the the key thing for me, and and I said this before, but the key thing for me is that. W- it's not about keeping Ericsson under all circumstances because if he don't want to play for my team, if he don't want to be in my company, I do not want to pay him the wages. I don't want him to be there. That's for me from being a business owner myself looking at that side. Mm. You have to want that desire and want to be there. And if he's if he says elsewhere, yeah. he's got to go. I think with Yamatongan, he's a guy I do think will commit to the club eventually. Um, I think he's probably the only one that I'm not concerned about up the three. Um but with the other three, I was saying before the summer, I think those three should have been sold. Um, I think that Ericsson we've mentioned, he had, you know, he did have, he wanted that big move, and you can't blame him for that. That's you know Real Madrid, that's the pinnacle of, of of the sport. So him getting a move there, I think with Toby, you know, he obviously wants a very large contract. Um, I think there has been issues with him behind the scenes, um, and Danny Rose, I think as Lee said, you know, there, there probably has been a bit of a falling out during that time when he was injured. So I think those are three players that potentially should have been moved on. Um, but as I say, I don't, I don't, I'm not particularly worried about two of them leaving, Toby and, uh, and Rose. I think that Toby's been brilliant. He's not been quite the same player since he had those injury issues. I think he's, you know, he's still made a few mistakes. But I think we do have players that will come in eventually and replace him. I think Danny Rose is the same. I think that Ryan Session-Young is going to be a guy that potentially is the long-term left-back replacement. Um, so I don't think there's any issues. I just think it's the p- club's policy to move those sort of players on. Gav, do you agree with Lee and Jamie there? Where do you stand on it all? I, I think it's worrying though. If we were to fast forward to May and let's just say we made the Champions League final again and you were all to pick your 11 right now, you'd have Rose, Toby and Jan in that back four. So come the summer, you're going to have to have a huge change round and you don't want to start saying, oh, Jan Foyd could play in centre half. He's supposed to be the new right back. Eric Dyer is not good enough to start now, so why is he mm. suddenly good enough to play centre half? I just think they've left themselves in a position when the the only thing. But all, all I'd say to you on, on that, Gav, from a positivity perspective, is okay. Fast forward, yeah, because right now they are the players that are fit and playing well, and so on and so forth. But there's a hell of a lot of football between now and the Champions League final. You've got to play another 56 games. What happens if Toby gets injured against Newcastle, and then all of a sudden Davison plays with Yan for the entire season, like he did two seasons ago? Davison Sanchez two seasons ago was a world beater. What happens if that happens? What happens if again it's all with and buts? You know, from a positivity perspective, the club is in a situation where we've got. Davison Sanchez, 22 years old, on a long-term contract, and has already proved to everybody that's listening right now that he can step up and do the business. And we've got Eric yeah, Dyer that, that at the moment is injured, and he has he hasn't had the best of times. But actually, probably his better position will be longer-term centre. Got Juan Foyt, who Potts, by the way, absolutely loves, and he might end up being the right back. Yeah. But he he is also yeah. a quality uh, defender. So I, I don't think we're in a bad situation. What I would say about the defence and that's, I think, reason why we 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 were 26, 27 points or whatever it was away from the top of the league last year is that we changed our back four or five personnel way too much. That's that's the issue for us last season. And the other point is this this squad, they've not, they've never got over the line in terms of winning trophies. I, there's definitely a really, really strong core there. The likes of Harry Kane, Deli Ali, the others. So 
I think you know fans shouldn't get so connected to this team. The way we're going to move it, this team's going to move on, is by bringing in new players. So we shouldn't be worried about that. And you just got to trust in Poch. It's all that's all about it. Exactly. Tottenham two point Tottenham two point Gav, we really appreciate Thanks, you calling. Cheers, Gav. I just want to go back then because last week Ricky Sachs he sat where you're sitting, Ali, and he said he will be shocked. He will be so surprised if Tottenham doesn't start against City. You know, we look at the Aston Villa game. He not only was he wasn't on the bench. He wasn't even in the matchday squad. He was on the bench <coughs> for this game, but he wasn't starting. You're mentioning there could lose Toby, could lose Danny. What has gone wrong for Vertonghen? Why is he not starting? Why is he falling out of favour so much, Lee? We, we don't know. We, we've heard rumours, and that's all they are, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we love a transfer rumour, so why not stick these in as well? <laughs> um, you know, look, the, the, look, the reality is that we've heard some rumours, and the rumours are that he's come back, he's not as fit as what he should have been, his body wasn't as good as, or he's not as, uh, you know, in the shape that Pochettino would have made yeah. made out. And, and Pochettino, in his press conference, talked about he picks players based on you know how they are it's not about coming back and trying to lose weight when you're uh, fit now you know football's moved on you're still completely fit now it's just about improving in pre-season training and that may or may not rumours been a a, uh, a dig or whatever at for Tongan. What, what I would say, just quickly on that, and I've, we've mentioned this before on the show, the greatest manager, in my opinion, that's ever lived is Sir Alex Ferguson, and and he never had a problem with moving on big players. It's, it's okay he to was do that. Right. For as well, yeah. Guys and girls, listeners of this show, the last one in Spurs, the big club mentality, it doesn't matter if we lose Toby Alderweireld at the end of yeah. the season because it's okay to move him on. We have got good opportunities to get other players in. I agree, and Ed, there is an element that every big team has a certain amount of turnover every year, but when Tottenham are sort of still trying to get to that next gear, find that next level, Jamie mentions it all the time, Tottenham 2.0, isn't there then more work to do in the off-season? You've got to not only add to your class, but you've got to replace the holes that, where people have left. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think that Jan and Toby can still offer the squad and the club a lot if they if they are moved on next summer. Um, you know, I think you say thanks for your service, um, and I you know I I think that they can still impart a lot of their knowledge and skill and experience onto those young players coming through. Foyth, uh, De Vincent, um, and you know even Danny Rose and Eriksson if if they stay, um, you know. They can teach people like Ryan Sessegnon and Lo Celso. I think there's still a lot of knowledge and experience they can bring to the table for, for them. Um, what I would say, I think, on on Jan and 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 sort of, I think Poch did it last at the beginning of last season. He left out Toby. He did, yeah. and I think he he is very he's not afraid to make those big calls, exactly. Is he? And I think he is very much. If you read his book, Brave New World, he's very much about the players, their physical, physically and mentally. They've got to be completely on it, completely there. And if you're not, he, you know, he wants to make a statement. Um, and so I think, you know, I think that's what we might, might be seeing a bit of with Jan. I mean, I really love Jan. I think he's a really talented centre-back. He's such a talented footballer, ball player. I think he's the best crosser in the squad. Um, and you saw that against Dortmund in the first leg of the Champions League last season, last 16. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, the four of them, their time may be coming towards an end, but I still think they can add something in the time they have left. It's a very valid point there. We have had a WhatsApp into the studio. This is all the way from Chile. Fantastic how far uh, the Spurs fan show travels. Just a quick reminder before I read it out. Please always leave us your name. Otherwise, we can't shout you out. This one says, I have a question for you all. I'm starting to worry that Tottenham are selling too many first-team players. I look at that first-team sheet, and it looks like the Champions League squad will be very limited after the departures of Wanyama. So... It's possibly also the sad departure of Ericsson as well. 
by the way, love the show. Regards, excellent work. And that was all the way from Chile. So well done, guys. But what do you make of the comment nearly? Again, I think it's... Um, I don't think it's a problem. I, you know, I genuinely don't think it's an issue. Wanyama, two seasons ago, was absolutely awesome. Yeah. He was 100% the first team on uh, naming the team sheet. And, and actually, uh, I echo a few things that, uh, that I've seen on Twitter today because it looks like he might be going to Bruges, mm, yeah. um, which is, by the way, absolutely fantastic business here. I mean, we, we looks like we're going to get a profit on him, yeah. which, yeah. you know, Daniel Levy talked to me. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but, but coming back to Wanyama, but he's not that player anymore. More. No. And that's the point. This and is what you're mentioning, the sentiment. For we're, sure. We're going uh, to uh, move uh, on. Do you know what? The sentiment, because I, I know Jamie wants to say something, but Jamie's thing about Project uh, 2.0 and what Pot says about a painful rebuild, this this is what we're talking about now. It's painful because of the sentiment, because the emotion attached to Wanyama or to Vertonghen or to Toby Alderweireld, because they have been in our club. Is and it is rebuild a strong pro- word, Lee? Is it more transition? Because it's not a Maybe rebuild the, well, from scratch, yeah. But no, Jamie, t- I know you say t- Tottenham two point oh. Is it a rebuild? Um, he said it himself, didn't he, Poch? Well, yeah, yeah it did, exactly, exactly. So I think there are there are different areas of the squad that still maybe need improving, and then I think we will be that we'll get to that level that Pochettino wants us to reach. Um, I think with Wanyama, you know, with with the likes of Wanyama, I think we saw it before with with Dembele. I think a lot of people were saying when we offloaded him for eleven million pounds everyone thought it was a bit of a disaster but we turned out we were fine with it we managed to get a decent amount of money in for him then and I think that allowed us to maybe go and um, throw a bit more money at the likes of Ndombele in the summer so I think Pochettino's thinking long term Pochettino if he still wanted the player he wouldn't have been sold for sure, so for sure. And it's, it's not a worry you so. look at the Yan situation we signed him for 9 million quid Right, he's played seven seasons for us or whatever. He's been absolutely outstanding. I'd sign him up for forever. I think he's quality. You know, Toby Alderweireld signing for eleven million. He's been absolute. He, he for sure has changed the entire mentality of our defence. You know, we went through a whole season and conceded the least amount of goals for any other nineteen other teams in the Premier League. We did that. That was because of the the the, the thing they've done. They've been amazing, and they're still there. And they're, st- they're probably both going to start. On on the Saturday, so we're talk- uh, on Sunday. Sorry, so we're talking in past tense. But they've been fantastic. But sometimes to get to that next level, you've got to move on. How do we know, by the way, that he hasn't turned around to Jan Vertonghen and gone, look? I don't want to be playing Danny Rose all the time. Sess ain't v- available at the moment, and Ben Davis is injured. I want you to play left back. But you've come back in a state of not being able to play left back, so I can't play you for the next couple of games. How, how do we know that? Yeah. We don't know that what's happened in pre-season training. So again, it's speculation. But like like Ed said earlier, he's got one of the best left foots in the club, yeah. and he's a brilliant left back as well. So you never know. And on on Wanyama quickly, um, you know, he was really good in the year in that first year we signed him. You remember that game against Conte's Chelsea? They're on that massive unbeaten run. He just monstered that 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 team. But he has not reached those heights for a very long time, and. To see the decline of him, it's been quite sad, sad really. It's a great word. But, it, you know, I wouldn't, if we're talking about transition and moving players on, I don't think you could really, on the net balance, look at Wanyama over the last 18 months, really, and go, oh, you no know, chance. we're really missing out there. Um, so, yeah. 
Well, this is a problem. As fans, we get attached to players, and we remember. I remember always when I'd look for Wanyama in a Spurs side, and I think, oh, you wouldn't want to play against 90 minutes for Wanyama because he's just going to be in your face. He's going to be an absolute menace. You don't want to see him on a team sheet. And when you think of him, that's the first thing you think of as fans. But managers don't think like that, do they? They're thinking next year, two years down the line, five exactly, years down the line. Exactly. And the team's going to change. The team's going to get younger. Sad to see. He might have aged a little bit. He was a great player. Probably still is, but not where Tottenham I mean, want to go. He scored a brilliant goal against Huddersfield last season. It was I was there at the lane. He went through around two people, all like bang, 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 and sticking the back of the net. It was great. And I loved it. I loved seeing that because I like the guy. He's, he got, it's nothing against him. Same as uh, uh, Nkudu. But but for, for us to get fee for Nkudu when he only had a year left on his contract or whatever was to pay got, him off, yeah. we could have paid him off. Jace was telling him to pay him off and we've ended up getting a fee for him. We got future, uh, 50, 50% of any future fee. I love a sell-on calls. They're absolutely yeah, fantastic. They're you get a fee, then you get a fee next year as well. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. Not? So not only are we talking about transfers coming in next, we're going to be looking at a few of those players that went at. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I'm joined in the studio with Lee McQueen, Jamie Brandon, Ed Richardson. We are, of course, talking all things Spurs. We looked at the City game, the VAR, the point. That is all that matters. We're going to be talking Newcastle in a little bit, but I'm delighted to say we are now joined on the phone with Adrian. Adrian's corner is alive once more. Adrian, thank you for joining us. How are you feeling about the current squad? Are you worried about the players that could be on the way out or you're not feeling too concerned there? Not, not concerned at all. Because yes, they will Adrian. be here yes. for the rest of the season, which is what we want. I mean, we've mm. got a very healthy squad here together. Yeah. And if you look at the players we've sold already, I mean, like, we sold Jansen and we sold Trippier for 30-plus million, right? It looks now like... Uh, uh, Wanyama will go for 10 and Kudu will go for 5 that's 50 million right if Ericsson goes and Oria we won't have spent a penny in a transfer window and I'm certain that the club will all be looking will have looked this season anyway this last transfer window for defenders possible new recruits and I'm sure that in January Spurs will buy and I think Spurs will buy at least two, two players in the January transfer window what do you guys think? I think, Great point. Yeah, I think. Well, look with the central midfielders. I don't know why there's, we've got now got Harry Winks, Musa Soko, Tongi and Dombele, and an Eric Dyer. So there's plenty of options there. So and, and Oliver Skip as well. So there, there's a plenty of options there with Nkudu. We of course know how all the players we got along the front line. So I, I really don't see the worry. And as I said, I think it, you know Pochettino, if he was happy with the squad he's got, he would have sanctioned those sales. So. But for, for the fans, it's nothing to worry about. And it's going to be good. It's good money. We'll go and reinvest it, I'm sure. As I do agree, I think we'll go and reinvest it in uh, in January. So I'm very happy with the business that Spurs are doing. For sure. And, and also, just to add on to that, like you mentioned about Pochino there as well. I mean, he likes to work with small squads, yeah, exactly, right? 25, yeah, exactly. tw- 25 people in the squad. At the moment, I think there's 28. He wants to ship them other three out. He wants Wanyama out. He wants to get Nkudu out. Um, look, the, the big one for all of us is Ericsson. That is the thing. If Ericsson's mind is not right, then he, he, he needs to go. But mm. the point being is, why would he go on the basis that yeah. he's got a year left and all that, you know, that we've already talked about? But I, I agree. I think we've definitely, we're definitely invested again in January. I think we're in a. We're in su- I was going to swear then. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to dump that. Um, it, it's, I, I just think. That, 
I don't. I can't articulate this without sounding like rude to to other listeners or whatever. But but here I here I go. I'm going to just go have a go. I just think there's so much negativity around Tottenham, and I don't get it. I really don't understand why there's so much negativity around. We've got the best, one of the best managers in the world. We've got world class players, the best stadium in the world, the best uh, training facilities in the world. We're spending money. We're smashing transfer records. We're getting rid of the dross. How do we sell Janssen? I mean, how did he, we get? But we have. I think we're absolutely outstanding. And regardless of whether or not we lift the Carabao Cup or not, Tottenham Hotspur are an unbelievable yeah. club. And everybody should be looking at us thinking, wow. Josh, why didn't you put some dramatic music when Lee was doing that rant, eh? <laughs> we needed something. It's true, though. It was like I a th- film trailer. Th- it's true, and I think <laughs> Adrian makes some... Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I th- look, I think it's true, and I think Adrian makes some fantastic points. We're in mm. such a good place, Ed, aren't we? I completely agree, Lee. I mean, I think, you know... You have to look at the record, look at the long-term record of, of Poch yep. and Daniel Levy. And ultimately, it's very impressive. Have they made mistakes? Yes. But they make far, many, far more right decisions yes. and ultimately make the big calls, the right calls, getting value from the transfer market, blooding the youth players, you know, being very canny operators. You have to back the chairman, you have to back the manager the coach you have to back their record and that's simple as that really for sure I think you made one other point about Oreo as well I think we ain't talked about Oreo quite a lot and I think that you know the fact that we've publicly said he's available and you know he can go and he's made some moments about going back to PSG I think if we don't get rid of him that's the issues that we've had with the likes of Danny Rose over the last yeah. couple of seasons and a Toby or whatever because Poch then has to get them in the mindset. You know, he's talking about this kind of closed unit, isn't he? Like, it's not closed yet. And, you know, that's the bit. If your mind is not right, your attitude is not right, Poch don't want you anywhere near the squad. I feel as if, from the way Poch has kind of, his attitude towards Aurea, I think he's never really fancied him. I'm not sure his attitude's ever been quite right. I feel there's probably a distinction to be made between, like, Aurea, not sure about his attitude, but someone like Jan and Toby, even if they're kind of, they know that the mid or long term is out the club. Um, I think they'd still probably kind of offer value to the club and yeah, yeah. bring the you know bring their experience to the younger players. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. With you. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're in good shape. I really yeah. am. And I, I you know two weeks ago I thought if we can get to the international break unbeaten, that you know eight points out of twelve, for example, that would be a great return. Ten, ten points. Yeah. Ten points. Ten points. I think out of 12. one thing with one thing with with Pochettino's squad is that he really does like and everything works so well because he's got that tight knit group. And yeah. I think that maybe some of them, the Wanyamas, the Oreos, who who kind of are on the sidelines, I think that that he might think that that might slightly disrupt it. So I think it's again, I'm more than happy that they've been sold. Adrian, we really appreciate you calling us and giving us some time. Adrian there, Adrian's corner, always welcome on the Spurs fan show. Lee, I want to ask you something there because you said there seems to be a little bit of negativity around Mm. Tottenham fans at the minute. Why is there some discontent between the fans? Why is that happening? And is that all fans? Do you feel it, Jamie? Do you feel it, Ed? Why is this happening when you just reeled off all the things we should be excited about and be positive about? I think it's that uh, hashtag Spursy. I think it's that mentality thing. Everybody's expecting this to crash. Everyone. Everyone's expecting it immediately. All the other clubs want it to crash. You know, people can't handle the fact that we've got a billion-pound stadium. It is the second largest in the country, uh, in the Premier League, sorry, and it is world-class, and people can't handle it. Even our Spurs fans were like, yeah. oh, should we, are we good enough to have this? Should we? Do we deserve this? We're Tottenham. You know, the, the younger generation of our listeners as well that won't remember some of the dross that I saw back in the 90s and, <laughs> and so on and so forth, they might be looking at it thinking... 
Spurs ain't won anything. We ain't won anything. The people that have only in the the six or seven year era of Tottenham fans, they're like, we're rubbish. We're not good enough. You know, they're looking. They've grown up in the era of Chelsea winning everything and Man City and so on. So there's there's negativity. It's not the other clubs. I can take banter from the other clubs. It's the internally in the fans. I got I, I got I haven't got that many followers on Twitter. Well, I got fifteen thousand followers on Twitter. And <laughs> name drop right there. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> um, at Lee McQueen, by the way, if you want to start uh, following me even further, well, um, we just had a check for. 14,000 now. Oh, 14, yeah. <laughs> I actually think it's 14,800 or whatever. But the point the point being is that I, I use Twitter quite a lot. I've changed, changed my Twitter uh, feed over from winning The Apprentice years ago to now being completely focused around Tottenham. And the amount of dross that I read on Twitter, it puts me in a bad mood. I'm like, dudes, man, what are you talking about? There was there was people on Twitter 15 minutes into Aston Villa game saying, that's it. Yeah. This is a... I mean, I know it's an emotional game and I don't want to take it away. It's people's opinions, but come on. Isn't yeah. this all clubs, though? We all like throw yeah, our toys maybe, out the maybe, yeah. from, You're in the Spurs bubble, so you see it. But yeah. listen, not to plug them, but every, a lot of London clubs have a, a fan show on Love's Ball. I mean, Newcastle were on here and they, you know, they were they were saying they're going to get beat 8-0 to Spurs this yeah, weekend. Maybe, yeah, West Ham are worried about the start there. Watford, not only don't they have a point, they ain't scored a goal in the Premier League yet. Yeah, and they're like, West Ham oh, and Watford <laughs> should be worried about their start. Do you know what I mean? Like Spurs, yeah, should yeah. we've, we've battered Villa and we've got a draw at Man yeah. City. Uh, for, for me, maybe there is a bit of negativity at the moment, just because we haven't got over the line in terms of winning major trophies. But I think it takes, it's just going to take a lot of patience yeah. because there is cl- a very very clear vision at the club at the moment and I think it's been a difficult time for the club in terms of getting over the line because they haven't been able to go and get the right players in because of the stadium but now they have they're starting to get the right players in so it's for us fans it's all about being patient and I'm sure in a couple of years' time, we'll, we'll be rewarded for that patience. Ed, how patient can you be, though? Because the longer that wait goes on, and you said if you don't get over that line, you don't win that trophy. Lee would prefer to come second and not win that trophy. Lee, I'm not dropping you in it there. No, but no, does no, the patience run out? Does but, the patience wait, run out, Ed? I, it's so difficult because, yeah. you know, I, I think you're talking about, you're talking about, firstly, let's talk about, you know, the negativity. You're talking about shifting seasons, things like, you know, decades of, you know, perception and culture around yeah. the club. When I was eight, nine, ten years old, late 90s, early noughties, I remember, you know, it was just a completely different era. It was a side that was stuck in mid-table mediocrity for years. Um, you know, Christian, gross, relegation battles, you name it. This is a completely different era now. And even if you compare that era to then, you know, late 90s, it was a lot. It was easier to win things. It was easier to pick up an FA Cup. You know, you could be a top six side, probably even top eight, and you could win those kind of things. Now, the concentration of power in that sort of top six, and even more within that that sort of two Liverpool and City of that top six, is enormous. So you have to be patient. You have to look at you know the ruthless environment that we're operating in. You know, you've got you know big hitters united they're not what they were in the ferguson years but they're still there they're still you know a competitive side liverpool and city have got so far you know liverpool city with their mud their resources with an incredible coach liverpool the way that they've gone about it as, as well and really targeted investment and their history as well and the history yeah. and so it's it is a, you know you have to be patient it's not you know i would love i would love for us to win a trophy i would love for it to be the fa cup or, you know, the first league title in, since 61. But you have to be realistic about the, you know, the ruthless environment we're operating in. The stadium, the infrastructure around the club, the training facilities, it's all there, but it is a long game. 
It's, it, I think you're absolutely spot on. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm loving the passion I'm hearing from Ed as well. It's like, it, no, it's because, you know, I, I just, I've done all the research in my little uh, Macaniga book of knowledge that I've got here with me, right? And I, I write it down. And it, I, I, you, you mentioned, Jamie, about the, you know, the season, That's you know, the transition. Crosses, a little bit naughty. <laughs> the amount of noughts we got in here away from home against the top six. Uh, but no, like, I'm having a look at the, the home games we we played against City the last year at White Hart Lane, right? So we beat City. We beat United. Um, we beat Liverpool. I'm oh, sorry, we drew with Liverpool. We beat Arsenal and we beat Chelsea. So, you know, that, that consistency of coming to the lane and it being a cliche ego fortress and all that stuff, that's what we're going to be able to build back. Yeah. And it's our job. Our job yeah. as fans, our job as the listeners, the people that go to White Hart Lane on Sunday, <laughs> don't roll up there and think that we're just going to roll Newcastle no, over. No, no, exactly. Like, don't start singing when we're 5 nil up. Start singing yeah. when we're one nil down. And I, yeah. That's the issues. Just very quickly, though, and if, if the flip side to me is that it's so fantastic that now how far Tottenham have come and where I would put them and where they stand, that you can face Newcastle at home in that brand new fantastic stadium and go, we're going to absolutely pump these because this is the side we are For now. Sure. We haven't got to worry about these Newcastle games because if I'm honest, if we don't beat them 4-5-0, is it a thing of, this is how far we've come, we should be pumping in these? It's not of, oh, we've got to respect them because, you no, know, no, any no, side... I, I won't tell yeah, I, you. Know I, I know, I mean? no, yeah. Took, and I agree with you, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, don't you know? Don't think that we they don't need our help. There's going to be times in the of game course. where we need to get behind them and see. I sit in the wall, right? And that Champions League game yeah. semi final against Ajax. I was on holiday for the quarter final against Man City, so I wasn't there. But the chat, the noise was yeah. absolutely outrageous. I've never experienced that in my life. It was fantastic. We need to do that every week, regardless of the opposition, is my point I'm making. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit about the stadium and how it could be refinanced and also looking at Newcastle next. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Lee McQueen, Jamie Brown and Ed Richardson. We are all getting a little bit excited. The games are on this weekend. Spurs are playing Newcastle. Spurs are at home. It's their first full season at the new stadium. Let's talk a little bit about the, the stadium now because apparently there is a bit of refinancing going on because they want to... They want to... Well, they're planning to refinance in the region of £400 million of the new Spurs stadium debts through bonds issued via a private placement arranged by Bank of America. Tottenham originally took out a £400 million five-year loan from BAML uh, Goldman Sachs and HSBC in 2017 to finance the construction of their new billion pound stadium but Spurs have yet to um, have yet increased the loan and the costs are rising what do we think of this Jamie all this stadium news as it stands at the minute yeah well obviously I, I think it's uh, to be honest most of the way they have done it I think with like the NFL and stuff I think because the NFL not a lot of ever people talk about this they did invest no, didn't they exactly uh, it was a small amount 10, was it? 10 million or something I thought, oh, I thought it was more I thought it was more than that but I think that you know it's, it is a difficult situation for the club um, you know they, they have got to manage it right um, I think they're doing just fine at the moment to be honest uh, with the Bank of America thing, I, they have had a long-standing relationship with them. The terms of the, of the um, of the agreements between between Tottenham and Bank of America are very good, very favourable. And again, looking at like I don't want to sound blasé, and I'm not you know I'm not privy to any internal information with what Spurs deal looks like. But most people buy a house 
and have a mortgage. Mm. You know, there's there's not much difference to that. When you yeah. look at Manchester United, the Glazers, what they've done, they've made an absolute fortune by putting the club into debt. For example, 700 or a million that they re- had to refinance against. But now the club's in a much, much better position. And it hasn't ever affected playing, uh, their ability to pay wages or to play staff or, you know, to buy players in or whatever it is. So mm. I, I, wouldn't, I don't think that's a massive issue. Again, I think it's just something that yeah. people want to push on the basis that you know that we have to talk something bad or negative about Spurs. I think it was something that I, I was really pleased with. I think a lot of people said that maybe you know when Spurs that first season after they move into the new stadium, are they going to be like Arsenal and, and not spend money? But we have. We went and spent sixty million pounds on mm. Ndombele. We have spent uh, a lot on Lacelso, and I think that we've we've increased that uh, our wage structure. So it's it, you know the whole finance situation in the new stadium is not a worry for me because we are showing signs that we're. You know, we are willing to spend that money in, in improving the team. Well, this is exactly it, isn't it, Ed? Because, you know, Tottenham, a billion-pound stadium, you know, we've seen when uh, teams do have new stadiums, it sort of restricts them in the transfer market. It hasn't restricted Spurs at all. They went out, they smashed their transfer record. And not only that, it's, I bring it back to Lee's point, fans are still moaning, yet you've got this new stadium and we're, we're spending more money than we ever have before. So it's, it's the best time, isn't it, for a Spurs fan? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree. I completely agree. I think... Um, uh, you know, if you speak, if you were to speak to Daniel Levy, he would. You know, I think he's been on the record almost as saying, you know, the you know the the cost of the stadium did stack up higher than projected, partly because of the way sterling, the price of sterling kind of fell and on what that meant for the international com- currencies and everything. But the, you know, the the way that they the club kind of managed the wage bill, I think in particular. Um, is you know is effective and it means that we can still be competitive going into the transfer market. Um, so yeah, you know I think we had to make that leap. We had to make that step to you know up from thirty. What was it? Thirty six thousand, just over thirty six to sixty one, sixty two thousand. That was a huge gap that we had to bridge with the other. If you looked at you know Arsenal and the other top six to be competitive with them we had to make that step and the, and the kind of revenue that that will generate and the dividends it will pay well, in the long it's term it's the match day revenue as well Mate, it's the ne- it's the, I'll tell you what it is I'll tell you exactly what it is it's the neck oil the neck oil <laughs> netting in Tottenham Hotspur the gamma and the neck oil uh, again I know it's a little bit of a joke but I, I, you've been down there in the south stand after the game there are people there three hours yeah. after the game still eating and drinking it is absolutely we've, we've at, he has yeah. nailed it to the yeah. wall 100% Name me another ground in this country that you stay inside that stadium, okay, say two hours. Because it happens at Spurs every week when we play there. It is incredible. And the, and the Wait, way, let me get me stadium top trumps out. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you don't need to. We've won that one. <laughs> you can have that one. That's something we have won, by the way. Top trumps. I saw a funny, I saw a funny tweet over the weekend saying City against Spurs was the team financed by crude oil against the team financed by neck oil. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, brilliant Listen, stuff. it doesn't matter because it's money in the bank for Spurs, you know for what sure. I mean? I Last see- week we had hashtag justice for chips. Now you can buy chips on their own. 350 lead. Does that interest you? Be- I do like a, I do like a, a couple of chips to be fair, but I mean I, I, I haven't been down there yet this season. I missed it. I've got to be honest. That yeah. neck hole, God, you, know, <laughs> you have a few of them, you get right involved. But I was, uh, I was, uh, I've been all day, so I missed the first two games. So my first game is Newcastle uh, this weekend, and uh, and actually I can't wait. I can't wait mm. to get down there, start singing. Um, I want people to be singing. Doesn't matter if the stewards are telling you to sit down. The reason why they're telling you to sit down, it's not because they're um, you know bar humbugs. It's because the stadium hasn't got a safety yeah. certificate to stand. So mm. the reality is, it's it's effectively inverted commas against the law. 
right, to do that. So therefore, they could get fined. That's why they keep banging on about that sort of stuff. But that's not killing the atmosphere. You can still sing yeah. while you're sitting in the chair, and you can still stand up as well. You know, uh, uh, you know, as as and when you need to. Just very quickly, just moving back onto the real football matters. Apparently, Man United have just offered a two-year contract to Fernando Lorente. What do you make of this? Because he obviously not in Tottenham's plans. He didn't get a new contract. Jamie, Man United, does this shock you a little bit? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think he was. Look, for Spurs, I think it was the right time that he moved on. I think he offered us so much last year. I think he was slightly underrated. And of course, you know, not many of those Champions League moments, you know, they wouldn't have happened without him. And I think uh, there was a number of times when he came on, changed the game in the Premier League and, and, and ultimately was a big factor in us getting the top four. So for me, I, I, I don't think it was the... I think it was the right decision to move him on. And, and yeah, it does surprise me that, that he's going to Manchester United... I mean, maybe the, the you know they they are maybe lacking in options you know up front and and see him as a good backup option. But for me, I think it was the right time for him to move on. I agree with everything you said. The only thing I would add to that is I cannot stand ex Spurs players wearing bloody red shirt. It does my nothing. <laughs> yeah. I cannot stand it. You know when you see these like superimposed like Ericsson's wearing the jersey or whatever. I just think of the Berbatovs going to red, and I see. A Robbie Keane flying up in a private jet and going red to Liverpool and, and obviously the big one you know the one that we all hate the most Michael just, Carrick yeah Carrick yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know, all, you, know uh, you know I'm from uh, Sol Campbell but the reality is you know you see them players and you go over there and you just think uh, so even though I, I, I championed Lorente last year along mm. with Jay so I never faltered for my for my um, belief in him and he was brilliant for us in the in the games that he saw so to see him in a United jersey would be annoying yeah. but well, it, it, it is only rumours at the minute R- Ricky Sachs has not confirmed that it. it's just all, oh, it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all Twitter he's in Rome he's in Rome I said to him tonight I need oh, to let this in Rome, eh? you know what I mean he's taking his missus away in Rome I said oh you know he's like, he said but, yeah you know I've been working hard on, on this uh, you know for in, in Rome so I'm going to take uh, take my wife to Rome I said, you're going to call in the show? He went, yeah. I said, don't you dare. She'll kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I mean, yeah. uh, Lorente did bring something to the party last year. You know, even in the Ajax semi-final, it was just his height, his his kind of strength. You know, they didn't quite know how to handle it. But how old is Lorente now? 32, 33? No, he's older than that, I think. I think he's 34. You're not talking about a spring chicken here. Um, You know, if you look at... The player whose name we won't mention, uh, Michael Carrick, Berbatov. These people were all in their prime, in their prime, and they were poached off us because Arsenal, United, they had the muscle, they could throw their weight around. This is a player who's very much at the end of his career. And it's kind of... And it, well, know, it's not Man United have posted no, here. No, this well, is yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't yeah. want him. Let's, exactly, let's yeah. I just don't like seeing uh, uh, yeah. you know, Spurs players in red shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you heard it here first. Well, it is finally time to, of course, talk the Newcastle game. I'm delighted to say next we're going to be talking to Gavin Webster, who is a Newcastle fan and comedian. <laughs> Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm in the studio with Lee McQueen, Jamie Brand and Ed Richardson. And that can only mean one thing. Yes, it is time for the opposition view. And I'm delighted to say that on the line with us now, Gavin Webster, a Newcastle fan and comedian, which is pretty lucky because there has been nothing funny about Newcastle start. Absolutely dreadful. We do a Newcastle Fan Show. They are not happy. Gavin, can Newcastle get anything out of this game on Saturday? I very much doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, but you know it's early, early day in the early days in the season. Can throw up silly results, but I can't see them getting anything. 
Where's it all gone wrong then, Gavin? Because we know, obviously, Steve Bruce is in charge now. He's not the man they wanted. Rafa went. The, we know how the fans feel about him. There's been talks of boycotts. You know, it's always Mike Ashley out. You did break your transfer record signing. You played okay week one against Arsenal. But then where did it all go wrong against Norwich? There's just no cohesion whatsoever. Well, I'd saying they did okay against Arsenal, they didn't really give the keeper a save to make. And Arsenal were quite weakened um, with a few uh, changes on the first day. Um, they, weren't, they didn't really have their best side out. So to say they were good against Arsenal really has been a bit tamed in my view. Fair enough. I was, I was trying to make you feel better, Gavin. I'm, it's not working, mate. I'm, 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 I'm a realist. Try, I'm trying to do anything. Well, you, you, you're saying that um, Spurs, it looks like they're, they're stoned on, in your opinion. We had another fan, Sean Wade, he's from the Newcastle United Supporters Trust on this week. He was saying yep. that he thinks uh, Spurs are going to win 8-0, but surely you don't think that, do you? No. I mean, if it was, if it was uh, a Rafa team that was playing against Spurs, he would use the tools that he's got and he'd probably try and frustrate Spurs, and you never know, a result could be nicked, or we would lose by not much. But I can't see we're doing anything. It's a pretty demoralised squad at the moment as well. And with Newcastle, even at this early stage, I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Because, you know, you say we're broken the transfer record. Yes, but we sold a player for, for three quarters of that amount in Iosi Perez, who scored a lot of our goals last season. Uh, and um, I can't see how Joe Linton's going to turn several seasons of ordinariness, i.e. five, six, seven, eight goals a season into what we need for a striker in the Premier League to, to be half decent, and that's 15 to 20, really. Gavin, that's what I was going to ask, really. I mean, how do you think that Joel Linton's kind of settled into the team? Do you think he's going to be a guy that might have an impact on uh, on Sunday? It, well, he is, but he's not. His record isn't that good. And also, it's... <laughs> It's bought from Hoffenheim, but he spent a lot of time on loan in the, I believe, uh, second tier. So it's not like this is a, a, a striker hot in the heels of a really in Europe. I'd, I mean, good luck with the bloke, just on a personal sense, not just because I'm a Newcastle fan. I don't wish anybody to have a bad time, but I don't. He'd have to have a big turnaround in his form to start ripping up the Premier League, which is, as you know, probably the hardest league in the world. I, I can't see it myself. Gavin, do you, um, I mean, do you see kind of any chink of light at the moment at the end of the tunnel? I mean, I've got a few friends who are, who are Newcastle fans. They, you know, they're very down. I mean, there was a lot of unhappiness around Bruce's appointment. Do you do you see, yeah. you know, if you do, you, if you go to the into the international break without having got any points on the board, do you think the kind of unrest will only grow, presumably? Well, to be fair, last year we didn't have a win for the first 10, but I think everybody believed in it because because of the cohesion Rafa had with the yeah. squad. Hopefully, if there's a if there's a camaraderie amongst them, we can start picking results up. And you know you know how it works in the bottom half. Um, the football clubs will deny this, and players will, but at the end, at the back end of the season, um, I don't mean this is a dig, but this is how Sunderland used to stay up a lot. They used to, they used to beat teams when they were practically on holiday. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, end, the end of the season, I remember them winning away at Spurs, I think, at one point. And it's the same sort of thing. You can, you can pick up results towards the end when that happens. But in a, in a weird way, the business end of the season sometimes isn't the end because people are vying for positions. And it depends what you get in the, in the second half when you're playing teams in the mid-table. But... At this stage, we need to stay in touch. And I, I just feel that we may, we may get cut adrift early on because we've got Liverpool after Tottenham. 
Gavin, we mentioned that, um, you know, fans, they're not happy with Ashley. They're not happy with Bruce. There's been talks of a boycott. But, yeah, and there was, news was released this week that outside of the top six, Newcastle has sold the most shirts. So it doesn't sort of ring true with a boycott. Is this just Newcastle fans as always being loyal to the badge? But then ultimately, doesn't that money just go straight back into Ashley's pocket? Well, I can't speak for every fan. And it's, there's definitely, there's, there's definitely, um, well, all is not, um, cosy between the supporters because some people, the, the people, the, the boycotters are saying that well, you know, you, you're doing you're doing exactly what you're suggesting here. You're just you're just feeding this by going to the games and by buying shirts and things. But then the the people that go are arguing that the, the people that that are allegedly boycotting aren't fans anyway, and they wouldn't go. And and uh, you know they're not, they're not proper supporters. So there's he's definitely divided and conquered a little bit. Obviously Newcastle. I'm bound to say this because I'm a fan. It's a very big club, and it's, and it's just it's a one it's a one club city as well, and so it it, it a lot of people can say that the fans never go, um, and there's about seven or eight clubs in, in in English football like this, including Spurs. There's a lot of people that say that they're supporters and they never even go, so you can still get a massive crowd without without getting every single supporter through the gates. There's still going to be, I mean, it's forty seven thousand there against Arsenal. I kind of. Um, I'm not sure about that figure. I would contest that a bit because a little bit like Arsenal, they count the season ticket holders and not all the season ticket holders went in, you know? Yeah, very true. It's always hard to get the real number. That's why clubs hide it. Gavin, I know you, uh, you're busy at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, so thank you for giving yeah. us some time. We really hope the show goes well. If people are there, they should go and see you. But before we lose you, what is your score prediction? I'm sorry, I'm going to have to put you uh, out there. You're going to have to give us one. All right, then. Um, 2-0 Tottenham. 2-0 Tottenham. All right, you're making the, the boys happy in the studio. I know that. Gavin, thank Good you luck, so much. Gav. Gavin Webster there. Really appreciate him giving us some time. He is at Ed Fringe Festival. It is now time, obviously, for you three to give a prediction. I must admit, every Newcastle fan I've spoke to thinks they're going to get absolutely pumped this weekend. As you, we said it off air, the misery from the Newcastle fan. You spoke about negativity amongst Tottenham fans. It's I not might come to that next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bright, is it, for Newcastle at the minute, Lee? I know it's away well, from Well, I just listened to Gav there as well, of course, and no, it's, it doesn't seem bright. I mean, I think that, you know, the reality is, and, and Gav mentioned it there, and I think this is one of their massive issues, is they've got to get away, get over the fact that Rafa ain't there anymore. Right? They, there was a deal on the table, he could have taken it he wanted to go for the money that is the reality it's enough doing Mike Ashley he didn't want to go he didn't want to stay there do you believe do... that though because no, 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 he I said won't he... believe it yeah so, sorry so, so let me rephrase that a little bit in terms of nothing to do with Mike Ashley didn't try to keep him Rafa didn't want to stay under the same circumstances as what he'd been doing for the last two three years or which whatever. is fair to Rafa which is apparently fair. got which offered less no, no, he said fair. the deal was less fair, fair enough that's what I'm saying so, so he put a good deal yeah. on the table is what I meant um, but on, on a Spurs perspective I, I Look, everything is pointing to a Tottenham win. Uh, we've been victorious in in ten of the last fifteen times that we've met them. Uh, we've got a far superior squad. Amazing statement we've talked about already. Created how many chances against Villa? Thirty-five. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, but you know how that made... works. That City had thirty. And only no, got a draw. no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, you know, looking at that, I think Kane scored a bag a couple against Villa. I think he, he, he bagged a couple. In fact, I said earlier, I think he scored a trick. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what team you you guys are thinking. What, what, what do you think your team's going to be? Well, I think we're going to win. Yeah, sure. well, yeah. Uh, look, look, I think the biggest thing uh, for Spurs now is that Xiongmin Son's back. I yes, think exactly. that last year he was... I mean, does he look, start? Um, I think he does. I yeah. think, that, you know, he's, he's had that rest. I mean, um, as we said, you know, it is Newcastle. No no disrespect. Um, but I do think that he's a guy that will come back in straight into the team. He's You know, he's had that time off. 
Um, and he's going to be a massive boost. I do think we missed him um, against City. Maybe we could have done a bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited just, for him to come back. Just quickly on that, I'll throw this out there. Maybe this is one for Twitter after we, we come off air. But do you think um, that, that Potts will bench Kane this year in favour of either Son or Moore up front as a second striker, like as another striker, even when Kane's fit? Because I don't think we've ever done that. Mm. But, Only but, if he's resting him. But that's what I'm saying. Like resting yeah. him. It, it ne- bench, never is a, a selection well, choice. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying is that Son's done so well up front in Kane's absence. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is yeah. the, the problem. Is, someone's going to have to miss out. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah. so what, do you think that could have, he could drop it's, Kane? It's about. I think it's about the circumstances, and it's like with you know with yeah. Lucas Moore. Maybe we thought that it wasn't right for him to start and come on, come off the bench. So. Again, I don't think, I think as we saw in the Champions League final, he wasn't fully fit, but he still started. So he will start the majority of games. Of course he will. But, um, Ed, is there a worry that when everyone goes, all the Newcastle fans, they're going to get pumped this weekend, everyone 4 0, 5 0. Is there a worry that, oh, this could really backfire? Because when you do think you're almost nailed on to win, is it sort of, there's a panic, isn't there? Yeah, I, 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 I think Newcastle, they. You know, we've had some history with them. You know, going back years, I was at the game on. You know, we, when we came third in a, in a two-horse race, I was at the game at St James's <laughs> Park when we lost five-one. Um, Soko scored that day. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they will sit deep. They will be tight. They'll be compact. It's why I think Sonny is going to be crucial because he can bring yeah. pace, yep. width between the lines. You know, he will really get behind them, and mm. I think that's going to be key. Um, I think we'll. I think we will win. I'm saying score two, prediction two-nil. Two-nil, yeah. Jamie. Uh, 4-0. 4-0. But clean sheet so far, Lee? Uh, yeah, I also think 4-0. Um, and I think the clean sheet, to me, for me, is is it's actually justice. the most important. Yeah. It's the most important, one of the most important After things. After three points. Yeah, no, yeah, no I mean, <laughs> look, in terms of, uh, we, we always let in goals. And that that's the issue. Yeah. Clean sheet, big win. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah, I think it's going to be a score win for Spurs. I do think Newcastle will score. I think Jolington will get off the score sheet. But either way, it's another win for Spurs. Unbeaten start to the season. This has been the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport. We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.